This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kirpin. Hey everyone and welcome back. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and today I am with Michelle McKinnon, my dear friend who is a certified financial planner professional and financial advisor at Payne Capital Management. And guess what? She's a rock star. Welcome, Michelle, to the show. Thank you for having me. Super excited to be here. Isn't it exciting to sit on the other side of the table? Because, you know, Michelle, fun fact, Michelle hosts her own podcast. It is so exciting. I feel a lot less like I'm like nervous, but like less nervous. And it's like interesting. More excited. You, yeah, it's like more if the focus is on you today. I know. So, oh, all about you. <laughs> okay, so before we get started, because I know a lot of people have a lot of questions and fears and all kinds of feelings around their money. Uh, before we get into talking about money, I want to talk about Michelle. Ooh. So tell me your story. Um, I know obviously you're featured in my book, which is very, very exciting. Um, so I know a little bit of your story, but I really want to hear um, from the start, uh, how did you get to where you are today? Yeah. So originally from Florida, so I'm a uh, sun sunshine baby. Um, my mom was an accountant, so she loved numbers. My dad ran his own company, but very much my mom was the dominant role in my life. Yep. Came to NYU, so been in the city for about 10 years, loved it. Uh, definitely was not all into finance from the get-go. I was actually an environmental science major, so that's okay. like crazy surprising. Uh, but always had an interest in numbers because of my mom. And I know, Carrie, we talked about how my mom used to make me write out like fake checks to her. And um, always a really big influence of taking charge of your money and just really making sure that you're dependent on yourself. And yep. that's something she always really had a big influence in my life on, um, like even as public speaking. She was like, I was a terrible public speaker. So from day one, when you were five, I made you memorize storybooks and made them like tell all of your friends, right? So she always wanted to make me a better person than she was, even though she's phenomenal even to this day, uh, but very much influenced by my mom. And um, I'm so grateful to have her. And that's really propelled me into wanting to help women with their finances. So... You know, we talked about this, about your mom, and we talked about the importance of finding a money mentor, somebody who you're comfortable talking about your money with. Why do you think that women struggle with talking about money? I don't think we've ever had the opportunity to talk about it, right? In the home, I think I feel comfortable with it because my mom and I always had dialogues about it. Yep. Um, I don't think that's a common thing in the normal household, maybe now. Yeah. Also, I think it's our own issues of insecurity. Yep. I think we women want to be amazing at every single thing, yep. and we know we can be amazing at everything, except for this one thing called finance. We have no idea. So we're fearful of talking about it with our girlfriends, and I think it's so critical that we talk things out with our girlfriends, and we're not talking about this. Tell me a little bit about you. You know, Obviously, you're, you're young, right? Yes. You, she's young. News, you can't see her here, but she is young and fabulous. Uh, is it challenging in a financial planner role? Is it a benefit 
or a disadvantage to be young and talking about money? Is it that are people expecting you to be like this older, very experienced, you know, many, many years of experience type person? Or does it benefit you to have to be earlier in your career, actually? I think it benefits the client to be early in the career because I can actually be with them through the whole entire process. Yep. And I'm new. I'm wanting to learn all this information. I want to know the new strategies. I'm up on the goods. But I think from the get-go, it takes a while for the client to potentially like trust me because they're like, who are you? Who? What do you know? You right. don't even have a bank account. Right. You know, like right. that's what they're thinking. Right. And so it must be a little bit of a challenge to overcome, but clearly you have a lot of expertise and are able to speak to it with, with confidence. Yeah, and I think – it's eventually the knowledge will come across. And also, first and foremost, like the client just wants to know that you care. Yeah. Right. And if you let the client vent, you let the client talk about their goals and we accomplish your goals. And no one really cares. Right. They just want to know they're listened to. We all have this. It's not even it's I don't even know that it's a fear. It may be a fear, but there's just in general a lack of training or knowledge around money management. If you don't have somebody like your mom, who sounds like dream mom, by the way. She was. Dream mom, okay? So if you don't have dream mom, where do you go to learn? How do you start to learn about money? I think one, just don't be afraid of the unknown. I remember when I was thinking about transitioning to a finance major, environmental science, and I picked up the Wall Street Journal, and Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know any word. Mm-hmm. Like I literally, mm-hmm. I had to Google every mm-hmm. word. And I, mm-hmm. I literally Googled every mm-hmm. word, Carrie. Mm-hmm. And eventually I became savvy and I like, oh, I know what this means and I know what this means. And I got a great mentor. I would say fear, for some reason, women and money, there's just this fear of the unknown. So we have to get over that fear. Um, and I think it's our just societal I think society kind of bends us to not be so aggressive, not be so, like, go-getting. And we often think of, like, oh, money, you need to be aggressive. Um, And in reality, women often make better long-term investors because we aren't so ultra-aggressive and we don't make rash decisions. And you can't make rash decisions when you're a long-term investor. So let's talk about what women need to do at different stages of their careers. So you're just starting out in your career. You're just starting out. You're not making a ton. Where should you be saving and how? Should it all go to retirement? Should you be putting stuff in a in a savings account and have liquid savings? What what would you recommend early in the career? Yeah, definitely don't all focus on retirement because that's boring. Yeah, <laughs> it is kind of boring, right? It's boring. You want to learn, to play. Yeah, you learn how to do it. It's yeah. boring. So I would say first and foremost, try to pay down your debt. Yep. Right? Student debt, credit card debt, got to get rid of it. Yep. Um, emergency savings. Yeah. So that's three to six month worth of savings you need to have. And then you can start focusing on, okay, you know, my travel budget, retirement. Retirement's key, particularly if, you know, 401k matches you, free money. But yeah, don't just focus on retirement right away. You know, it's funny because I took very, very little risks early in my career, especially with money. You know, really was was very, didn't know a lot and so didn't do a lot. Like, okay, I have a 401k, I contribute, that's what I should do. Should people buy stocks in companies they believe in? And like if you're young and you have a little money, should you be like, oh, OK, I love Apple. I should buy Apple. Or do you recommend getting taking more of like an educated approach to that kind of thing? I mean, I love the idea of being excited about yeah. your money. But yeah, don't do it. Don't do it, right? I mean, unless it's a smaller amount of mo- your money, like, you know, you've got your investments, then you want to buy like a couple thousand and yeah. that's not a big amount to you. Yeah. Sure, go for it. Yeah. But not really. Okay. 
So it's good to know because I think when women are like, okay, well, maybe I could get passionate about this. I believe in this company. I want to invest in things I believe in. But it sounds like you really need a good education and know what's coming and going and all the things that are happening in the marketplace. Yeah, because no one knows. I mean, like Lululemon, I can give you so many different brands. Twitter. Right. I mean, so many people use Twitter. Right. And say, oh, I love Twitter. I love and then Twitter. Two minutes later, and it's, it's like, oh, problem. hey, it's down 50%. Right. I mean, you don't know. Stocks move volatilely and you just can't predict the unpredictable. So, so interesting. Now, Michelle, talk to me a little bit about the difference between using a financial planner and using like some of the new bots that are out there. Explain to me like the difference. There's all these new tech companies that say, okay, we can be um, your auto investment group. Are these things good to look at? Tell me about the benefits of a financial planner. Give me like all of the scoop. Yeah. I mean, break I think it down. When you're young, you don't need like a financial planner. Right. Um, because I mean, like, what is a financial planner going to do? I'm going to charge you. I'm going to sell you to save more. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so I think sometimes those electronic tools might actually be a good way to go because some of them will give you a diversified strategy. Yep. So they'll pick the strategy for you so you're not just picking stock. So I like that concept. Yep. I also like the ability of the user-friendly interface. Yep. And it's simple. It's easy. You're excited. You're going to do it. Right. You feel in control, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I'm, that. I'm all about that. And I think it's a lot more approachable, particularly yep. for you know women too. And especially uh, for the millennial generation who yep. is so used to not talking to anyone, right? They're exactly. used to doing things online. Yep. Um, I think you need a financial planner when you start to get serious. So okay. you're starting to make a little bit more money. Yep. Maybe you're thinking about getting married, you're having a baby, you're thinking about the house. There's a lot of big questions. Um, and I think then you need to sit down with someone because you want to find a partner that's going to be there to give you creative ideas, but also keep you on track. Like you might say, I want to buy this million dollar home. And I might tell you like, not yet. I really think you need to afford more like 800. You know what I mean? You need someone to say in a rational way, okay, I appreciate your ideas, but maybe we should go about this in a different path. So you need a partner. So your financial planner acts almost as like a checkpoint, like for like, am I really doing as well as I think I'm doing? Are there things I should or do? how well do I need to do to achieve this goal and really plotting it out for you? So having a partner like that, I would imagine, would be invaluable for women, uh, especially as we see this influx of entrepreneurial women who are uh, growing their net worth, I think is really key. Absolutely. And you need to find a partner that you can like be – emotional with and vulnerable with and don't feel like we're always going to be negative right yeah yeah <laughs> i met with a, a couple the other day and they're a pretty young couple they're really successful they gave me all their goals they want to buy property they're having another child they want to have like fabulous vacations they might move to england i put them all together and i showed them their projections and i did it in baby steps that like well this is probably not achievable unless we want to save this and they were stunned but they glad they actually like put pen to paper and ran those figures yeah, I think that's really essential to looking at your goals in the future is going step by step while well, you need to save this in order to do this. And it makes a huge difference, right? I remember hearing this, like, if you start saving and investing early, the difference it makes from when you start later when you've already acquired some wealth. If you had started earlier, it makes a much bigger difference, Oh, yeah. It's right? like $200 per month versus like $5,000 oh! per month. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Don't do the math. It's upsetting. <laughs> it's really upsetting. I wish I started much, much earlier. It's unbelievable. Okay. So tell me about how has 
social media played a role in developing relationships with clients new and old? Are you able to use social media to help? Because I, I would imagine the financial planner relationship is all about a relationship. Like you said, it's like a partner. Um, and so are you using social media to help develop and foster those relationships and potentially acquire new new relationships? LinkedIn. So I do a lot of writing and yep. um, putting my articles on LinkedIn have been phenomenal because a lot of my female clients are like, oh, I forwarded it to this other, you know, cl- like my friend. Um, I love the, your thoughts there, you know, and we start talking about even more potential articles. So LinkedIn has been huge. Um, we're still trying to figure out Instagram, Facebook to see if that's going to help. But LinkedIn has really been our bread and butter. And I think ultimately uh, LinkedIn is a very interesting space for things like financial planning because that's where people go to talk about jobs and money. And you can make an argument all day that using Facebook and Instagram and these things are really great. But but ultimately, I often think that we want to serve people content where they're expecting to see that content. Exactly. Right? Not that I don't love to scroll through Instagram, but if like something on the Wall Street Journal is going to be on my Instagram, I'm going to be like, I'm not here to look at news. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's interesting what you said about the Wall Street Journal, because I read in a book once that that that's how somebody completely learned money was by reading the Wall Street Journal cover to cover all the time. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really interesting thing. It's hard. It's hard, though, I think, for women, like, if they're not a finance person, to not get, like, distracted or, or, or things like that. And hopefully if, when you read it, you start to find it a little more interesting. You do. But then also, like, find a financial planner that's going to help you because we all know we're not going to be all into money all the right, time, right? right? So you got to find someone that's going to be there for you, just like a doctor, right? You know, you're, you want to find your doctor when you're, you're pregnant, right? That's huge. You know what I mean? Like finding a partner that's going to be there through the way I think is so critical. And I love the whole electronic scene of you got all these different apps and that's important, but you need to have someone that's actually running the specific numbers for you. Well, it's true. It's like you said, you know, the things that are most important in your life, right? If you look at the hierarchy of needs, health, you're going to go to a doctor. You're not going to do everything online, right? Hopefully not WebMD. Hopefully not all (laughs) Dr. Google, which is a very scary concept. Start Googling everything that's wrong with you. Forget it. You'll be miserable. And it's the same kind of thing because security and safety, having, you know, food, shelter, all these things, which ultimately link back to money, you're dealing with one of the most important aspects of your life. You really need a professional to help you get through. Absolutely. And don't think of it. I know we talked about it a few minutes ago about how it's not just about retirement. Yeah. Like it can be about fun stuff too. Right. Taking that cool vacation in 10 years or like buying a house. It doesn't always have to be this like crazy 20, 30 year out. Um, You can you can start planning for things that are more like touchable, seeable that like you're going to be excited to save for. You know, there's a lot of millennials out there who are buying fewer things and their goals are less thing oriented and more uh, experience oriented. Are you seeing that as a trend uh, in financial planning that people aren't talking as much about, okay, I need to buy this home and more like I need to take this trip around the world and just be free, retire early and be free? Are you seeing a lot of that as a trend? You know, surprisingly, Everyone's talking about it, but when I see actually millennials in my office, they, we all still kind of want the same thing. All the same thing. Like we want to have the house, like we want to have the kids. What I find interesting is the quote unquote retirement. A lot of them are like, oh, I'm, I'm going to work. Work like, forever. I'm going to work forever. And like, yeah, that's 
kind of sad, but it's not. But it's not if they're loving not, what they exactly. do. Exactly. And love I what think they do. a lot of millennials see it as, well, I want to work because I want to work and I like what I'm doing. So like retirement, quote unquote, golfing in Florida sounds miserable. So like that's not necessarily an end goal. So then we can build in like these trips and some other thoughts because it's not like, oh, at 60, I'm going to call it quits. I need to be done. And I need to be done. Wait till they get to 60. And they're going to be like, I'm done. <laughs> be like, oh, I'm done. Thanks. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. So uh, what advice would you have for somebody who is just getting to a space where they're starting to really make money? So find a good financial planner, right? Interview a lot. A lot. Tell me what types of questions we should ask. Um, I think go with your gut. Yep. So not even just talking about questions. If you feel like you're comfortable, that's key. Make sure that they're actually asking about you. You should be doing more of the talking than they should, right? Yep. Make sure that when you get out of that room, you're like, oh, that was kind of like a therapy session. Yep. Like I talked a lot about me and my goals and what I want. Yeah. Um, and then at the second meeting or the third meeting, make sure that they're repeating back to the same goals that you wanted and figuring out a, a way to get there. Um, I think a lot of financial planners and you know stockbrokers, the whole industry, we talk at you. No, no, you should be talking at us. So I would say those are really big three points. So find a financial planner who maybe listens more than they talk. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I love that piece of advice. So for me, the things that I've learned from Michelle over my many conversations with her, one, find a money mentor who you're really comfortable with and comfortable talking to about your money. And I've, I've actually put that into play since she gave me that amazing piece of advice because, of course, my mom is not really a money mentor. She's fabulous, but she's not somebody who, like, really dealt with making money or, or worried about any of that over her time. Um, and so I – ended up talking to somebody in business who I know really well, who I trusted enough, a woman in business who you know made a lot of money over the years and said like, okay, what do you think I should be doing? Having those types of conversations I think was really key. Um, finding a great financial planner who who really listens more than they talk. Yes. And early in the career, you know, make it not just about retirement. Think about other short-term goals that you have as well. Make I it exciting. I love it. Michelle, you are a wealth of knowledge. I, I love try. it all. And, and by the way, you got to check out some of her stuff on LinkedIn. You've got to check out, you do a lot of different things, your podcast. Promote it all. Promote it all. Let's go. Where can we find you? Yes. So you can find me at LinkedIn. Just look me up, Michelle McKinnon. Yeah. Um, you can also find the podcast, Smart Women with a Dollar Sign on iTunes, or you can go to our website at pain, P-A-Y-N-E-C-M.com. You'll see the, the podcast. You'll see our bios. Um, and you can actually hit a chat now on the upper right, and you can get in touch with me. So. Ooh, chat now. Fancy, fancy, using some of the latest and greatest tools. Love it. Michelle, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Gary. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.